You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, week four review and Monday night showdown breakdown. So it took until week four, but I am coming to you live, fresh off a pretty good spanking in DraftKings cash. And tournaments were okay, um, but, you know, not enough to cover the cash loss. Um, so if you're keeping score at home, week one was a pretty, pretty much a clean sweep. Week two was a bubble week. Week three was pretty much a clean sweep. This week, it did not work out well. Now I do, I had some revelations this week, both about contest selection and about, um, you know, just news that, that you need to listen to, pay attention to. And, you know, if you should, if you shouldn't, so basically, this is the fourth week in a row where my cash lineup has hit a higher percentile in head-to-heads than it has in double-ups. And that was never the case over the last few years. So what I'm thinking is that, I mean, I don't know the reason for it, but it does lead me to believe that I should start putting a little bit more of my cash game bankroll in head-to-heads. Now, I know a lot of people already say to do that. But I was having good success in double ups, um, more so than cash games over the last three or four years. And I, I always say that it's important to, you know, check your CSV. You know, you could download them from the site, upload them into a different um, analyzers that will tell you exactly what your percentage win rate is in all different contests and buy-in sizes, et cetera, et cetera. I was always a better double up player than than a head-to-head player and I I just thought you know I just chalked it up to the fact that you know a lot of fish or guys that really don't know what they're doing don't really venture into the head-to-head lobbies right like they just you know if you're depositing 25 bucks and playing every week you're probably throwing a couple five and tens in double ups and maybe a one entry in the million millimaker maker or something like that so I just you know anecdotally thought that double ups would always be a little bit not safer because obviously it's binary. You either win everything or lose everything. But I just thought the cash line, you know, as compared to like playing 200 head-to-heads would be a little bit lower in double-ups. It has not been. So over the course of the last few weeks, I don't remember the exact percentages, but I have cashed in head-to-heads with a higher percentile than I have in double ups. Like I just know for for instance last week, um, I my double up lineup was like a 60th percentile lineup, maybe 62 or something like that, and I won nearly 75 percent of my head to heads. So the good thing about double ups is a 60th percentile lineup wins you all the money, whereas a 75th percentile lineup in head to heads wins you 75 percent of the money. Now. I think I'm going to I'm going to, you know, do a little of experimenting, maybe put uh 10-15% more into head-to-heads, take that away from the double-ups. We'll see how uh it goes from there on out, but I will report back with my findings. 
The second thing is Adam friggin' Troutman. Um, not his fault that he doesn't want to get in the game. Uh, that Peyton really doesn't put him in the game. I haven't seen how many snaps he's even he even played last week. I did see him on the field here and there, but he was not targeted. A ton of beat reports and you know news blurbs had him seeing quote unquote a large increase in snaps and usage, etc. So. You know, I think we really do have to take those things with a grain of salt, and we really have to keep in mind uh, the floor of our cash game lineups. Even though you know we we do we do want to build some type of upside into our cash lineups, we really have to not roster guys that can take a zero. What was the alternative to Troutman, Logan Thomas? Not great either, um, but that zero really hurt and you'll see why it hurt me um so this week i had i cashed uh, in about 44 percent of my head-to-heads that's off the top of my head it was it was somewhere in the mid 40s and i did not win double ups double ups i was like my lineup was like a 35th percentile lineup or something like that so you could see where i'm talking about like you know out of 200, uh, 300 head-to-heads, I won 44, 45% of them, but in double-ups, I was like in the 35th percentile, somewhere around there, so, you know, head-to-heads were a little bit, had a little bit better of a win rate there, not that you could win 35% of your double-ups, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, my cash game lineup, I went with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I thought, you know, he was cheap, he was going to throw a ton. I didn't care about turnovers. He was going to get some rushing yards. All of that came to fruition, and he didn't even throw a passing touchdown. He scored 26 DraftKings points without throwing a passing touchdown. Imagine if he connected on one of those red zone trips. He was in the red zone a bunch. I mean, they kicked like six field goals. They just couldn't convert when they got in close. If any of those, if one or two of those was a passing touchdown he would have absolutely obliterated value he 5x'd as it was but you know he wasn't the issue uh Alvin Kamara you know Latavius Murray got a lot more work than I thought but he was still a good play Alvin Kamara you know and he was the type of play where he should have been 10k everyone was going to have him if he went off and you didn't have him you were done for um then I went with Zeke and then some people asked me why Zeke over over Dalvin I got in the 4 for 4 premium discord, um, even in my DMs or whatever, people were asking me why Zeke over Dalvin. Uh, and the answer was pretty simple. I thought the Cowboys and Browns game was going to be a fast-paced, absolute score fest. And it was. What do you know? I did not think that Zeke was not going to get in the end zone in a game that saw nearly 90 points scored. Um so, you know, if you told me the the Cowboys and the Browns were going to score a combined 88 points or whatever it was, 87 points, I would have Zeke in my lineup every single time without fail. I also thought that the Texans and Vikings game was going to be somewhat of a slugfest. And I mentioned that, you know, they like to play slow. Um, and it, it was for the most part, um, until, you know, the Texans had to play fast at the end, but there, there was no urgency there. Dalvin just had a really good game. You know, he broke that crazy tackle at the five yard line, 
Um, you know, the guy had him by his hair and he shook him and scampered into the corner of the end zone. Dalvin ran hot, right? Dalvin ran hot. He went 130, two touchdowns, 28 DraftKings points, plus he added a catcher to 30 DK points. Zeke didn't score and, and, and had 21 DraftKings points or something like that. They were separated by nine points. Dalvin had two touchdowns. Zeke didn't have any. So you could see there where the touchdown variance kind of had the, it was the issue, right? The touchdown variance is kind of what bit us going Zeke over Dalvin. Um, but in the end, it was the wrong play. So I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to say that, you know, I think the process was right. Dalvin had a great game. But, you know, Zeke in a 90-point game, I'll take every time. From there, Tyler Lockett. I mean, uh, on what planet does Tyler Lockett not get a catch until the second half or the last minute of the first half? That, that was crazy that that even happened. Um, but it was it was DK week, you know, DK Metcalf. Lockett just didn't get it going. They were up early, um, and... You know, he just, it might have been points chasing, but I felt like he had the right matchup on the inside against Miami. I felt like they were going to keep going at him, um, but it did not work out. And that goes against, you know, the 7K Tyler Lockett usually goes against what I normally like to cap my wide receiver spending at you know I'm, I'm usually not going to spend up for a guy over 7 8k just because usually those 6k guys have just as high of a ceiling and I try to spend more on running backs but it was a week where Mike Davis came into play he smashed we had him in our in my lineup so that was fine um <clears throat> DJ Moore didn't get it going um I think you know that was still the right play he was way too cheap um, he was seeing a bunch of air yards. I think that was fine. And the last spot went to Hunter Renfro, who got like 11 DK points, which was much better than, you know, the other option at 4,500, 4,600, who was Brandon Cooks. I didn't even consider Brandon Cooks for cash. Um, he got a goose egg. So that kind of helped out, I think, the the head-to-head percentage. It kind of offset Adam Troutman. Um, but... You know, no tight end really went off. Maybe TJ Hawkinson had a good game. He scored and had a two-point conversion. But um, that's probably where you had to be to have a, a solid lineup. But, you know, Renfro, I think, still a decent play. Um, but then Troutman. You know, Troutman was really where I went wrong. And the reason that I got on Troutman was because I was enamored with the Bucks defense. I thought... They were going to give Herbert fits and that they were going to put up like 10 to 15 DK points and you were going to need them to be in your lineup to have a solid day. That ended up being very wrong and it completely changed the course of my lineup because I was trying to get up to, you know, my initial lineup had Clyde Edwards Hilaire and tj hawkinson or hunter henry and then a punt defense and that probably would have given me enough points to get over the cash line um i think i don't know uh the other guy i didn't really consider was ronald jones and i think people that used him kind of lucked out because Lashawn mccoy got hurt on the first series of the game he would have been used a ton more if Lashawn mccoy would have been used a ton more if 
he had not gotten hurt. So Jones was in there, got a little bit more of the passing game work. Keyshawn Vaughn did get in and score, but you know, Jones had um like something like six catches for 10 yards or something stupid like that to add seven DK points to his score. He really wasn't, uh, he really was not in consideration for me. Um, I didn't think the matchup was good. I didn't think uh, he was going to see the amount of work that he did. And that was probably just due to, you know, him being thrust into a bigger role with McCoy getting hurt and them not trusting Vaughn to, to split carries evenly, but you win some, you lose some in that regard. And then at flex, I did have Mike Davis. So the running backs kind of worked out. QB worked out. It was just we were on the wrong receivers. Usually when cash goes wrong for me, that is the case. I'm usually on the wrong receivers. That was the case this week. Um, Was on the right ones in tournaments, though. Like after the... um, After Nuke was, was somewhat questionable and the... Patriots and Chiefs game was postponed. I got on to the Dallas game. So had some pretty good tournament teams there. Was a little bit too overweight on James Robinson. He ruined a bunch of teams. But, you know, um, like I said, if it takes till week four to have a a losing week, I'll take it every, every season. But that one's behind us. Let's talk about Monday night. Um, as for showdown, I know there's a two game slate now that the Chiefs are on Monday night, going to be cool. Uh, I like the uh, I like the two game slate kind of, but I also like playing the showdown um, Falcons Green Bay because it's the one I researched the most. Usually the Packers, uh, you know, in the past have put they don't they don't match up best receiver with best corner. They they match up height wise, and they usually put Jair Alexander on the smaller uh, receiver. Uh, of the the wide receiver one and wide receiver two and then put Kevin King on the bigger bulkier receiver so I think we're going to see Kevin King on Julio Jones and I think we're going to see Jair Alexander on Calvin Ridley now I am not a defensive coordinator for the Packers I don't know what they're going to do no one does you know if you read an article and it says Jair Alexander is going to shadow Calvin Ridley that hit the x in the corner because they don't know Um, But we can surmise, we can take guesses, we can take educated guesses that that's the case. For that reason, I think I like Julio Jones a little bit more than Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is going to catch a little bit more ownership. And I think we can, um, you know, get some leverage with Julio against Kevin King. Don't, here's some other tidbits um, for this game. Don't be fooled by... Atlanta's box scores over the last few weeks because guys have been dinged up. Um, you know, like Olamide Zacchaeus, probably not going to get a ton of looks tonight. He's worth maybe a flyer here or there. Um, Brandon Powell, probably not going to get a ton of looks tonight because Julio and Calvin Ridley are back. Russell Gage does not carry a um, an injury designation off his concussion. So those three guys are going to be the ones that are getting the snaps, right? The other flyers might pop in here or there, but... I wouldn't count too much, right? Like, you're looking at their box score. You see that, like, they caught three or four passes. That's because the Falcons were down a bunch of pass catchers, right? Hayden Hurst is fine. On the other side of the ball, MVS. Um, I think we could get both Packers running backs into a lineup or two to get a little bit unique. Because if this is, a, if this is a, a like, an absolute lopsided win for the Packers, Jones and Williams can definitely 
hit value. I like the Packers' defense as well. Matt Ryan's known to turn the ball over, especially if he gets behind. If you would like to read my full thoughts on the showdown slate every week, the Sunday and Monday showdown slates, I write those write-ups for fantasypoints.com. Use patjames10 at checkout. You'll get 10% off a subscription and you will see my full thoughts on pretty much every player in the player pool and I give like some lineup starter ideas. Um, you know, I start you out with three or four guys uh, per game script, things like that. If you want to see that type of thing, fantasypoints.com, Pat James 10 at checkout. Would appreciate it if you checked out my work. That'll do it. I'll be back on Thursday for the week five breakdown. Let's hope the league stays COVID free and we don't have all kinds of crazy backups and delayed games and things like that. Uh, really really killed the vibe this week because I was loving Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I was loving the lineup that I made. I made a lineup on Tuesday and it was set the entire way. And I am convincing myself that if that game wasn't postponed, I would have had a winning week in week four. But you know, that's just me telling myself that to make myself feel better. You win some, you lose some. See you on Thursday.